Off the Record is a show from 88.1 WKNC in which DJs talk with artists about everything from their music to upcoming tours to former bandmates' birthdays. Make sure to follow WKNC on SoundCloud and Tumblr so you never miss a beat. Enjoy. All right. Thank you very much for uh, calling in, Mia. My name is Laura here with WKNC. On air, it is DJ Beowulf. Um, it is very nice to talk to you and get to meet you digitally. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, see right now. So we've we've got like three hours and 40 minutes plus some pee breaks. <laughs> plus some get, pee breaks. So three there. hours, 40 minutes, maybe closer to five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have small bladder. And you're coming out to Raleigh today, right? Yes, we are. Well, the City of Oaks is going to be very glad to have you. Um, I believe you're playing at King's tonight. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I was I was just <laughs> mouthing to my tour manager, where are we playing tonight? Oh, don't worry. Um, I did my Googling before this. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah um, I'm playing at Kings. I've never been there. What it's is a it cute like? venue. Um, so WKNC hosts this uh, two-night fundraiser slash concert series that we do every single year. Um, it's at Kings. Um, it's an interesting venue because it's um, well. The reason I brought up the uh, fest or the showcase is because just to show you how much we love that venue. Um, it's split where the top level of the venue is like a bar slash where people uh, perform music and the bottom level is like a nightclub um <laughs> so you like walk in the front door and they say like are you going to kings or neptunes which is up or down um oh i see i see and if you're going up you go up two flights of stairs and you're in the venue and it's this broad open space where the stage is a lifted platform about maybe three or four feet above where the general admission standing audience is going to be all the way in the back you've got bartenders and general seating and this it's a pretty nice place the acoustics are really well done because they have their own team of like mixing and mastering on hand and sound crew okay awesome that's that is what i like to hear i definitely Um, think it's going to be a space that you can make your own it's going to be cool for sure okay cool um, I did some Googling and was checking out your Instagram profile. Uh, you seem to be a very eccentric person, which is a good thing for sure. We love creative energy over here at WKNC. Um, how do you think that transfers uh, over to your performance style? Um, I, d- I don't think that... Well, I guess I don't think of myself as an eccentric person. Feel, feel free to correct <laughs> I, me. I think, well, I, I don't know. I just think I'm pretty normal. But I but I do, I think I'm expressive. So I think my performance is very expressive. And it's like, I, um, I think that I like to have like an intention behind every song and trying to trying to like communicate or express something and i like to move a lot i like to dance so it's pretty there's a lot of movement um but i think when i think of eccentric i think of like people um doing a lot of like kind of flashy and showy and kind of more like spectacle kind of things that makes sense um and that's not really what the show is it's um more emotional i think 
No, I do love a good spectacle. I'm not hating on spectacle. Um, but right now, I think this is the first headline tour that I've done. Um, so it's really about the music. Like, I think maybe in the future, when I have more resources, there will be more of a production around it. But right now, it's just like all about the music, all about the emotion of the music and it's just sounding the best it can be and not a lot of like production or like um like flashy flashy um spectacle around it well i definitely think regardless of the special effects um component or i guess sans special effects um you will definitely be bringing the flashiness um uh <laughs> i've looked up a bunch of live shows like on youtube and i checked out your band camp in fact uh one person who supported uh premonitions off of band camp said that you are um or that uh, the album Premonitions was a truly beautiful and emotion-filled album. Mia's vocals are truly something to behold and a real treat to listen to. Would also highly recommend seeing her live. So I thought that was super cool and uh, a pretty good, um, I guess, spokesperson comment for your music. Yeah, that's very nice. Band camp. I feel like band camp listeners are like true music fans. You know oh, what I mean? for sure. Like, they're definitely supporters and, you know, people who are, are, are generous with their, with their time and their money and like actually buying music, which is, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is nice. Uh, I like that you said generous because I know that a lot of artists on Bandcamp do as a, uh, do like a pay as you will thing for their music, which is uh generous on the artist's, uh, perspective but uh i know definitely listeners will contribute more than is expected at some points which is very very cool yeah i feel like it's interesting um yeah it's just interesting like even if you set a price some people still want to pay more like at shows i sell our merch and there's you know often people will just give me like 20 bucks for a $10 item or, you know, or like hmm. 40 bucks for a $25 item and just like keep the change, you know, just like wanting to support. And I think people understand that if the artist is selling her own merch, <laughs> she's probably um, not making a ton of money. <laughs> so I think, uh, and, and people are just like, you know, nice. Right, right. And I'd always like to imagine that artists can make like a solid career out of uh, music making because it is such a um, a fulfilling path to choose. But, uh, you know, that that's not always the case. And it, it really sucks sometimes. But uh, you're out there, you're touring, you're selling your own merch, you have a very extensive discography. I think you have like six or seven uploads on Bandcamp. I have the screen pulled up in front of me. And I think that's pretty fantastic. Um in regards yeah, I to, think, oh, I apologize. Um, you go first. To, um, I think it's it's difficult for everyone, but it's like I think particularly on the road, it's um, it's it's yeah, it's it's difficult to to make money, and that's I think something that maybe people don't realize 
but I'm on this tour in particular kind of trying to just remember on both sides, like on our side as a as a band and me as an artist and also from the audience side, it's difficult for both of us to get there. Like for people to pay for a ticket, that's that's a lot of money for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then to get to the show, like taking a bus or taking their car or driving through snow or carpooling with or someone getting a ride, getting yeah. a carpool. And, you know, we're driving for five hours through the snow. Um, we're tired and our voices are sore. And you know, putting that all into perspective. And like, and, but we showed up and I think that's like, I think that's amazing. Absolutely. And it's something that I'm trying to like think about every time we play a show on this tour. How's a, uh, how's tour been going so far? It's been awesome. Um, I know you're coming all the way from Los Angeles. So did you start on the East Coast or have you made your way over here gradually? No, we started in um, Santa Ana, California, which is where I'm from. And it's about an hour south of L.A. We drove up the West Coast. So we did Santa Ana, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and then from Seattle to Minneapolis. um, And then just been heading East, 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 and down Canada, and then down, down. Now we're headed down across the other way, you know. So we, it's kind of, we can't went kind of like a loop up the west coast to the north, cross the east, and now, and now we're kind of like starting to head back, and we'll end in Austin. Fantastic. I mean, we'll end in L.A. because we have to go home. Yeah, you have to come home, but the last show's in Austin. (laughs) Our last shows will be at South by Southwest. Ooh, okay. If uh, if you cross paths with a band called Spud Cannon, uh, give them some big love from WKNC. I know they're playing South by Southwest, and they've come through here a couple times. Um, We love them. Okay. Yeah, on the off chance, Spud Cannon, like potatoes coming out of a cannon. Like potatoes. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, but anyways, this is about Mia Follick and not Spud Cannon. Um, and it could be about. We should loop them in. We could. They are. Though? They're rockers for sure. I think you'd actually like them. Um, not that your from? music is all that similar. They're from um, New York. I forget the exact city. Um, they go to Vassar College. They're all students oh, okay, cool. out there. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> Why? I just think it's crazy to like be in a band at college. I think it's really, really common, but I just I wasn't, and I I just think it's really cool when people that makes are, sense like doing it at that age. Um, <clears throat> I I wasn't. Yeah, I think lots of people uh, in college do bands like for funsies, but uh, yeah. Spud Cannon actually like touring and attempting to make a career out of it while also doing their undergrad. That's a that's a a task for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, we were talking about that earlier, saying that like um, artists have to drive around for hours and hours in the snow, and people have to get to the shows. It's just another example of um, an artist's commitment to their craft and how impressive that is. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as your craft and your most recent album, um, Premonitions, uh, like I said, I have your Bandcamp page pulled up in front of me, and there is a beautiful description on it, um, which I could recite, but I'd much rather hear how you feel about premonitions. And of course that's a loaded question, but um, if someone were listening to this and they had never heard of you before and you had just released this album, what would you tell them about it? Oh, like I said, loaded question. There's a lot of things you could say. I probably wouldn't. I probably would be like, um, listen to it. I I know. I listen to it. Maybe if you want to, uh, if you want to, um, I'd say It's like emotional music about honest things. And it's a lot about striving. So striving to live better, do better, live truer, be more honest, etc. Um, and then sonically, it's, it's kind of a, an eclectic palette. There's quiet moments and then there's fuller moments and then there's loud moments and raucous moments um, but I think um, it's like a mixture of of uh, like organic and synthetic instruments and usually people compare it to kind of like like Mitski or like something? Like 90s rock. Well, a lot of like cranberries and things mm. like that. I think the Mitski comparison is <laughs> lazy. Valid. Um, Valid for sure. I, I Just because we both happen to be Asian American women who are singer-songwriters, but our our music doesn't really sound similar at all. We have very different melodies. We have very different instrumentation um i think the the similarity is that we're asian american women making music that is honest but i definitely think that opinion uh hits that (laughs) hits that on the head of it being lazy in fact on your band camp mitski is the first like if you like this you'll like this and then immediately after it's japanese breakfast yeah yeah that's hilarious (laughs) um i don't think that's wrong because i do think there's something but I do think there's something like the it's like it's like when you go to if you're like ordering food and you're like, do I want something healthy and nutritious or do I want like an ice cream cone? There is, I feel like Mitski and Japanese breakfast and I were something healthy. You know, we're like something that's like kind of nourishing and honest and like trying to do something. Um, But our music doesn't sound alike at all Mm -hmm. to me. Um, But I think what it's doing is similar. So I don't think it's wrong to say like, if you like Mitski, you may like Mia Folick. But I think when I'm describing my music, I wouldn't use her as a sonic reference. Who would you use that's, as a sonic reference? You uh, you name dropped the cranberries, but uh, yeah, let's get I some other like out there. That's, yeah, like that's uh, 
I'd say the cranberries are a better Sonic reference only because, like, the way, like, the vocal sits in the mix, like, the way the the instrumentation is around the tracks is, like, definitely more like cranberries. And I'd say Mitski is more angular. Like, the way she uses guitar lines, the way she uses drums is a little bit more, like, things jut out. And my music isn't really like that. I um I like the use of vocabulary that you have in uh, describing your album and, and the use of angular in regards to Mitski. That's definitely something for me to uh, roll around in my brain and ponder the next time I'm listening <laughs> to Be the Cowboy. That's for really going to yeah. stick with me. I'm going to have to think about that. Um. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I think there's like, anyway, I don't, I don't know where I was going to, where I was going to go. I'm aborting that. <laughs> that is a okay. <laughs> well, going back to premonitions instead of comparisons to, uh, other artists, do you have a favorite track that you made? Obviously, it's hard. Like, it's like asking someone to pick a favorite child. But I guess I should say, do you have one that, like, means the most to you? Um, I mean, I'd say, to me, like, Thingamajig is a really special song. And it felt special writing it. And then, like, recording it felt you know, it was just one of those moments where you're like, this is, this is cool. <laughs> I, I feel like lucky to be a part of this. And I, it's kind of one of, one of the only times I've really felt like, wow, I wrote this song. <laughs> That's got to be a good I feeling. Mean? Which is, yeah, it's a good feeling when I think about it. And then sometimes I'm just like, oh, this song again? I guess I have to sing this song again. Yeah, I mean, I um, guess when a song gets popular, like, it's got to get arduous to sing it over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, going into a performance with, like, intention of expressing something makes it easier. Because then I'm not just like, oh, okay, I got to sing this freaking song again <laughs> nice I, censorship. Can, um, <laughs> I can um when i'm thinking like okay what is this song about what am i trying to express that makes it easy that makes it easier for me and then it also means like i can change what i'm trying to express so then it's not really like doing the same thing over and over again because mm-hmm. if this day i'm like okay this song is about apologizing then maybe on this day like this song is about proving something, you know, it's just like, it, it, it shifts it a little bit for me mentally. It's basically like a trick I'm playing on myself <laughs> to make it fresh. I was just about to say, whatever you got to do to keep it fresh and uh, keep the energy and excitement there. I mean, I guess excitement's probably the wrong word because thingamajig can be interpreted for so many different emotions, but I guess keep the passion would be a better phrase. Yeah, and just, like, keeping it interesting, keeping it fun. Um, I I think it's, 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 I think it's funny because people focus on that for musicians all the time, but it's, like, everybody has to do that. Like, 
everybody who has a job goes to their job and does a similar or the same thing every day. <laughs> um, and, uh, the routine can become mundane at times yeah. and it's like cogs grinding down. It's yes. yeah. And like everyone does it ever, everyone, not just musicians like, um, and I think finding a meaning in what you do helps everybody. Well, as far as finding a meaning in what you do, do you, uh, I'm looking at your entire discography right now. Um, do you feel as though the meaning for your creating music, has it changed since uh, your first release, Strange Darling, in 2015, and then Premonitions now in 2018? Uh, yes, definitely. I think it'll continue to change. Um when I put out, when I made Strange Darling, um, I w it was like, <laughs> I was making it out of like desperation to make something. I felt like I'm not doing anything. What am I doing with my life? I'm useless. I'm, I was unhappy. I was lonely. I was in a bad relationship. Um, I wasn't making anything or I wasn't sharing anything I was making. I was like making things on my computer at home, um, bartending, just like working all the time, but not really, you know, doing what I cared about. Um, yeah. And I, I just made that just like needing to make something. And I put it out not thinking anybody was going to listen to it. Um, not really with any sort of plan or not really caring <laughs> if there was a plan. Um, and then, you know, fast forward three years or two years, three years. Yes, yeah, 2015 to 
and very little thought put into the EP. It was more like emotion. It was just like emotional output. Like, what do I feel? What do I want this to sound like? Um, what makes me feel good when I put this out into the EP? And then the album, it was all those things plus a little more planning, a little more intention. I always think it's really interesting to um, look at an artist's evolution going across their discography and while you were saying all of that um i was reading the descriptions of all your different uh releases you know um pet body give it to me uh dead body which side note i think it's a really cool uh comparison going from pet body to dead body simply based on title color scheme of the album covers and things and uh just hearing you talk about um, your thoughts and feelings going into producing each of these uh, albums is it adds another layer of depth to the already beautiful descriptions that you put underneath each of them. And that's definitely very interesting for me to hear and um, think about while checking you out. Um, as far as the show tonight goes, will we be only hearing things from premonitions? Or are you going to touch into your older stuff as well? Uh, we'll touch into, there are a few songs we play that are from my Give It To Me EP. Um, I saw on Twitter today that somebody asked <laughs> me to play Pet Body. Um, but... You going to do it for him? We'll see. I don't know. We, we, um, we are not rehearsed for that song valid (laughs) valid point i'll play a tiny bit of it but um just a teaser of it yeah yeah maybe just a teaser but the set is a few songs from give it to me ep and um and then premonitions but we don't play anything from the strange darling um as far as the show goes tonight do you know who your openers are it's Barry. Um, Barry has been on tour with us since Santa Ana, and they're a band from New York. They're awesome, so people should definitely get there early and listen to Barry. And they also just put out a single um, that you can listen to on wherever you listen to music. Um, but it's Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. I would have uh, expected why, so I'll definitely have to check them out. Thank you for the spelling correction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I.E. How did Not you get in contact I. with that no band I. from New York? Is it through your label? Um, it was through my agent. They just sent, like, um, we were going out on tour. I was actually just telling them this story. It's not that exciting of a story, but this is the story. <laughs> um, we were on tour. We were on another tour, and I got sent just, like, here are you know, four or five options to open for you for your headline tour. And um, I listened to them all and I was just like, this is, this is the one. (laughs) These people seem nice and the music's good. Um, And they said, yes. So we're, we're here. We're out on the road. That is so cool. Um, I just have a couple it is more kind questions. Of crazy, though that you just like, we didn't know these these people at all, and now we've spent so much time together. <laughs> I think it's, it's just kind of like 
it's, that's one of the greatest things about playing music is like you just get thrown into these very intimate situations with people that you didn't know at all. That is very, very cool. I've always, uh, since I was a child, I've always dreamed of like going on tour, but like who doesn't like sing in their shower and go, oh, I want to be, I want to be a superstar. But of course, um, with my obsession of music, I've read 10 million classic rock memoirs and hearing about artists who did not get along on tour, but were merely paired together because they're sonically similar. So I think it's really cute that uh, you were able to handpick your opener and then you're shoved into that intimate setting and you guys get along, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a couple more questions about you as an artist, because of course I could drawl on about your creativity and how excited I am for you to play in Raleigh tonight, but uh, we don't need an hour long interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess one thing that really stands out for you is the, um, uh, the iconography that you use for your album covers. Um, is that, something that you come up with yourself uh yeah i mean this album was the first time i worked with anybody like a creative director um the strange darling ep i literally took that picture of myself um in my bathroom <laughs> and uh the singles for god is woman and pet body um those were photographs that were that were taken of me and then I like manipulated them in Photoshop to make those like floating head things. Yeah. And then yeah. the Give It To Me EP. Uh, Which is probably my, my favorite album Waverly, cover. Waverly, um, My friend Waverly Mandel shot the photos of me and then I did like I Photoshopped them and created that the layout with the like people and the the and I hand carved a stamp to make the the logo which was really fun and super easy to do and I didn't know that but you can just get these like rubber stamps and these like um oh, I, are you talking about the little red to, like, like give it to stamp. me thing yeah yeah very cool it's a stamp very very um, cool yeah and, and i encourage anybody who wants to make a stamp to just like go to a um an art supply store and get it because it's it's really fun to do and you can um make as many as you want i've got a um, i've got a pretty I made good friend a lot before i got it right because i at first didn't realize that you have to make it in a mirror image i i oh yeah you do yeah you have to do it backwards and then i realized that that's really hard and what i could do is i just didn't make it in a mirror image and then i flipped it in photoshop so the, nice. st the stamp itself is actually wrong it's like it's it's backwards but it was too hard to make a mirror image so that's what i ended up doing <laughs> but anyway and then this this uh this this um the premonitions cover i worked um with a woman named Molly Hawkins and I, yeah, it, like the idea came about pretty quickly. I've been thinking about it for a really long time and I was just like, I don't know. I just wanted, I just had this idea of like, I wanted it to be an up close photo of me 
with a specific look in my eyes. But that's like very difficult to explain to a label. What would you call that look in your eyes? uh, Can I just like, I don't even know. But it's like, people kept asking me like, what, like, how are we going to go about doing this cover? And I was like, I don't know. We just need to do a shoot. And I want this look in my eyes. (laughs) I don't know. But um, then I, but I also was trying to figure out how to, there were like certain elements that I wanted to express. Just like this look in my eyes of like kind of looking toward the future but also like knowing something like you look at the picture and you're like, that girl knows something. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and, and then I also wanted like a sense of community and a sense of family. Um, and we were trying to figure out how to incorporate that and having it just be a photo of me felt too lonely and too like singular and didn't really place me in any sort of context. Um, and so I, I honestly don't even remember who thought of it, but we were just like, let's do a portrait of you and your parents and, or me and my parents. And that was what we, and we just ran with that. So and how'd your parents feel about doing this photo shoot? Um, I mean, your mom looks really parents, happy. She's smiling in the picture. Yeah, I know. It's such a cute picture of her. Um, I think my parents, my parents, I think are are very excited about being on the cover, but they haven't really ever expressed that to me. <laughs> I think, I think when I brought up the idea to them, they were just like, "Why, why, <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you they want us like, to do why? this? Why do you want us to do this?" But they're super supportive, and so they're basically like, "We'll do anything," you know. If you want it, we'll do we'll do any whatever you want. Um, I mean, I'm sure there were boundaries if I and I wouldn't have like crossed those boundaries. But I, but I do think that they, I do think that they are like proud of it and are happy that they are on it. But please they, tell me that they have like a framed humble. picture of that to express that. Um, I think that would be no, a really cute, like, family picture. That. I should do that for them, shouldn't I? Oh, yeah. They can, I like, hang get, it up. like, a nice print and put it in a frame and stuff. Or put it yeah. on the fridge. Don't I even think... get a nice frame. Like, if they're humble about it, no need to display. Just put it on the fridge. They have nothing on their fridge. I've never thought about that. Nothing? Like, they're, not even, like, they don't a... Have anything. Not even a single magnet. Hmm. I always like. I think their fridge. I think they have a fridge that you can't that that you can't put magnets on or something. That's not even a fridge, then. I don't know. Or well, what is, what is a fridge if we you can't decorate it? Up, but then they moved. I think what. So when I was like twenty two, they moved, and then and they like. I think they decided they like no longer wanted like a a child-friendly household or something. Yeah, you can like, de-child-proof you know, it. They, like, they de-child at their home. Like, they, <laughs> they used to have... We had, like, this door with all of our heights on it, like, since we were kids, you know. That's cute. And, like, you know, crayon on the walls and pictures all over the refrigerator, and now there's just, like, none of that <laughs> crayon on the walls so they really encourage your creative outlet like from the beginning well they didn't encourage it 
like, just I happens. For that. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble constantly for like things like that. Just like I think I got into this. I got into like a collaging phase, and so there's this like a certain table in that house that's just like covered in scratch marks from exacto knives. <laughs> Cause yeah, I was, it's got I, character. It like it's, yeah, it's, it's, a. am I'm, I'm more careful now. I think. Well, I mean, you're over two decades into the creative process. So I imagine there's a, there's definitely a learning curve with trying out all your different, different outlets and, Maybe caution is one of those things that you can glean from experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think cleaning up after yourself is like part of the process. Definitely. I mean, um, yes, I, I sadly am not the most handy crafty person both of my roommates are constantly making little things when you were talking about your stamps I was going to bring up that I've got a a good friend who's living with me at the moment um and he did like wood carving stamps where he found an image that he liked like whittled it out of like a block of wood and would then stamp it um and I've got a bunch of his like prints hanging in my room it's ridiculous I yeah I'm you're reminding me that the reason so the reason I thought of the stamp thing was that my sister, when she got married, um, she, um, she married an, uh, a man who's half Iranian and his uncle created this like calligraphy that mixed his name with my sister's name. Ooh. And it's like a very intricate, this calligraphy. And my sister hand carved that calligraphy into a stamp and hand stamped every invitation to their wedding. It was insane. <laughs> but so she's that she's the reason I like knew you could do it. And the stamp that I made was like way, way more simple than the one that she made. Um, do your siblings, I don't know if you have any others than uh, your sister, but are they also creative? I, uh, calling people creative their, I mean, is such a, yeah, a corny phrase. A, well, I think everyone is creative. Absolutely. I think we just kind of, there's like a hierarchy to the kind of creativity that people respect. But like, be, you know, being able to like balance your career with a child is creative. Like, I, I think it's, but my brother is a, like a sciencey person. He's he has two doctorates. <laughs> um, oh my god! I, I'd say you know most people would be like, oh, he's a sciencey person. He's not creative, but he's very creative. Um, he has a very interesting mind, and it's very different from mine. <laughs> and I will spend my lifetime trying to figure him out, you know. And and yeah, my my sister, um, she works. Anthropology um, at the Urban Headquarters in Philadelphia, and so she she does have a like a somewhat creative job. Though I think she she she'd say it isn't, but it is. And she she works with beauty products. Um, and then I also have a sister, Corey, like an, my eldest sister, who's a doctor. And I 
I think she's also creative, though I, I don't think she would say she is, you know? I, I <laughs> But I I think she is. <laughs> and and I think I think what is similar about all of us is like we're pretty like headstrong and kind of like like Corey ran her first marathon as like a parent of two kids, which I think is insane. And she would like get up early and train for this marathon which is you know, it just takes like a certain kind of personality and I think we Getting up early, exercising, like and raising that. children is a Mad. trio of burning yeah, candles at both ends. And she's a doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. See, I yeah, always try I to flex know. to people, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm a double major in school right now. And then I hear people who have children running marathons being doctors. And uh-uh. Uh-uh. I know. Uh-uh. I, know. I, I feel like my sister's. I just saw my sister, and she was like, my... Um, my sister who lives who works for urban um and she was like uh how are you doing you must be so tired i'm like you must be tired you have a two-year-old child and a full-time job like i feel bad complaining about tour (laughs) i'm not raising a human you know (laughs) it's like it's 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 interesting to me that like she can still have compassion for the things that that I go through when she's like raising a human. I I feel like nothing I do is raising a human. It, and I couldn't possibly. Well, you are impacting the lives of I would I would posit thousands of youths who are listening to your music, regardless of the accuracy of that number or not. Um, I definitely think that the emotion that you put into the record is something that everyone who listens to it will be able to glean their own uh, meaning from. So while you may not be directly raising a human, you're impacting the worldviews of other people who listen. And that's maybe not as hands on of a job, but definitely um, a task in its own. Yeah. And it is interesting because it's interesting to me. Because I do meet people and people come up to me at shows and say these things to me like that are very personal and sometimes, you know, difficult to hear because people are going through difficult things. And it is hard to be like, okay, we'll see you maybe never again. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's got to be a difficult like, position. I'm worried about you, but I also just have to like move on. And it's, it's just like interesting because it's like it's definitely different than raising a kid because with a kid, you're like there all the time. Right. You know, or at least you should be different from raising a kid in so many ways, but like in specifically in that, like whatever the problem with that child is like you, you, you will be aware of it or you will become aware of it and you can like be a part of, you know, fixing it or addressing it. And, when you're sharing your music with people and people are like getting something emotional out of it, you can't really like, you can't really you can't control that. It's already out in the world for them beyond that. And it, it becomes difficult when you do feel like you are, do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you need to draw a line or you will go insane like because the pressure of feeling responsible for all of these people, like that's especially, I don't know. I was just thinking about this recently because 
Bad Blood came on the radio. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just interesting how... Is that song really Taylor still in the top 40? I don't know. It came on. I put the radio on when I was in New Jersey, and it came on. Um, oh, well. I don't I don't know what radio station I was listening to. Um, just interesting how, like, Taylor Swift attempted to, or at least there was the appearance of attempting to have, like, personal relationships with fans, but it's kind of impossible because it's it's like too much too much there's too many people mm-hmm. for her it, it's I, I was just thinking like oh god i wonder what it's like to be taylor swift that must be an insane but it's just like how do you operate i don't know i don't know There's so many, there's so many uh, avenues that you could apply that same mindset to, with just like the, um, like the uh, the bigger and more popular or more powerful a person gets, the uh, more diluted um, their, I guess their like interpersonal pool of relations becomes, because you're doing so many things and there's so many people who want your attention that. Like you said, it's impossible to form those relationships. Um, and I know that lots of fans often like come up to artists after show and shows and kind of like use them as like an emotional dumpster. Like, thanks for making this music. Here's all of my problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's um. And I don't, and I'm not. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it's and a I'm, it's an expression I'm, of emotion I'm, as well. Right, and you know what? Like, I just spent an hour dumping my emotions on you. I enjoyed listening to it. I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like, who am I to say, like, oh, don't, don't lay your emotions on me. You know, like, of course not. I I did that. That's like what performing is like, so I can reciprocate it. But it's, it's. There, there are definitely boundaries that are. There's definitely boundaries. (laughs) Definitely. You got to toe the line there. Yeah. Well, I will say we're hitting that 47 minute mark. So okay. thank I have sincerely enjoyed this interview and thank you so much for offering me a glimpse into your um expansive psyche and all the ways you see music, yourself, the world, fan interactions, the creative <laughs> process, family, all of it. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. This is a fun conversation. Yeah, I uh I learned quite a bit about you and your music making process in this interview and i uh i hope your show tonight is fantastic i hope it's well attended i hope fans have nothing but good things to say um i hope you sell all of the t-shirts um and if you have any lingering pet body panties i help you sell. i hope you sell all of those too um but thank you for talking to me and um big love to you and barry on the rest of your tour as i imagine you you must be getting drained at this point um i think we're getting our second win there you go that runner's high we're feeling pretty drained um right around like a a few days ago like four days ago Mm -hmm. because it it was cold 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 snow sludge rain rain mm-hmm. rain that is really draining for me but right now i mean coming from the sunshine blue, state you've got to need sunny. it yeah 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 
I'm getting very pale. Well, I will say uh, Raleigh's um, Raleigh's a clean 35 degrees today. The sun is out. It's not very windy, not raining. It's not snowing or anything. It is cold, but uh, it's survivable cold. Okay, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And nice will use you of the be word the cool. I'm going to do my very best. I do believe we have DJ passes, so if I'm there, I'll be sure to say hello. Okay, yes. Come say hi. I will. Um, thank okay. you so much for talking to me. Um, you're going to rock it tonight. And congratulations on the success of your album. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for talking to me. Bye-bye. Bye.